This is Friday, April 9th, and we're continuing looking at these three primary key vital truths that you have to understand and have to believe in order to embrace all of the higher Christian life the Lord has laid out for you. You have to believe in order to embrace all of the higher Christian life that the Lord has ordained for us. Yesterday, we shared what these truths were. Number one, you must believe that God is able or that he possesses the power and ability to keep you from falling or faltering in your life of holiness, that he has the power to keep you holy. Number two, you must remove from your mind all doubt and fear that even though he has that power, that for some reason he's not willing to allow you by that power to keep from stumbling or falling. In other words, he will bless some other people, but for some reason not bless you. And number three, you must learn to commit yourself, and this is done in total dependence to the Lord for safekeeping. In other words, it is his job to do what Jude 24 says, to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. That is his job, not your job, but his job. And we have to just learn to rest in him. Once we can say yes to these three truths, then we're well on our way to experiencing this abiding, permanent presence of the Holy Spirit in what we would determine today as the higher Christian life. This is an exciting topic, so let's just jump right in. As I shared with you in our last time together, we looked at three key, actually they're vital truths that must be believed in order to win this war of doubt that we all struggle with and discover the permanent abiding presence of the Holy Spirit in our life as we work to embrace this higher Christian life. And this doubt is there. It's always there. And sometimes the doubt is, I don't think God is able. Most of the time, the doubt is, I believe he is able. I just don't think he will because of maybe some unconfessed sin in my life or somehow that I failed or faltered or or disappointed him or committed the unpardonable sin or a million other reasons we can come up with that justify God violating his word. But the truth is, he won't at all. And once we hold on to these three truths, amazing things happen. So today we're going to dig just a little deeper in the first of these three truths, namely that God is able, meaning he possesses the power and ability to keep us from faltering in our life of holiness. Now, there are many scriptures that deal with this, and all we're going to do today is look at one. We're going to look at Jude 24. Today, we're just going to try to determine to understand what it says, and tomorrow, we're going to figure out what it means and then how to apply it to our life. As I shared with you so many times, when it comes to Bible study, we have two jobs. One job is to figure out what the Scripture says, and the other job is to figure out what it means. And once we know what it says and what it means, then it's up to us to apply it to our lives. So the first Scripture that we have to wholeheartedly believe is found in Jude 24. Now, in this passage, Jude is closing out his one-chapter book, and he's doing it with a faith affirmation, exalting the power and ability of God to keep us holy, to keep us sanctified, to keep us well-pleasing to him, and then be able to present us blemish-free as Christ was blemish-free in the presence of his glory in the next life. In other words, in this life, he promises to keep us from stumbling. In the next life, presents us faultless. 
And this really shouldn't surprise us. I mean, after all, as we've talked about a couple days ago, 1 Corinthians 1.30, Jesus became for us sanctification. He became for us holiness. And if he became for us holiness, this is the one thing God promises to make sure that we don't lose in our stumbling in our life of holiness. And how can we if Christ became that for us? Here's the verse, Jude 24 and 25. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. This is what we're going to talk about today. And then the final benediction here to God, our savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Amen. The only way that we can figure out what a passage says is to basically define some of the terms, look them up in the Greek, so we have a clear understanding of what God is saying here. So let's go ahead and do that. It says, now to him who is able, that word is dudamai, and it means to be able, to have power and strength, but it means to have power and strength by virtue of your own ability and your own resources. In other words, the power and strength is not something that you get from someone else, but it comes from your innate being. Now to him who is able to keep, the word keep here is philoso, and it means to watch or to guard in addition to keep. And the imagery here is like a mother watching her children or like a warden watching over the people that are under his charge in a prison, constantly watching those who are under his care. This is what the Lord is saying about himself regarding his promises to us. Now, to him who is able, by virtue of his own power and strength and ability and authority and resources, to keep or to watch or to guard us from stumbling. The word for stumbling is optitos. Now, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, optitos, and this means free from falling or free from not being blameless. It simply means this, that God's grace is sufficient to keep you and me from sin. It's a statement about God's ability and not necessarily our experience being free from sin because we many times decide to disobey God, but that's a topic for another day. Now, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, now, that's in this life, and to present you faultless. This word for present is histomy, and it means to cause to stand or to set in place. In other words, somebody is ushering us in and showing us where to stand and presenting us in front of someone who is far greater than we are. In this particular Greek word, the place that you're caused to stand is determined by the context. And in this verse, Judas saying will be caused to stand in the presence of his glory or before God. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you faultless, faultless. I love this word. The word translated faultless is amomos, and it means without spot or blemish. 
And as a matter of fact, it's the same word that Peter used to describe the blood of Christ as, quote, a lamb without spot, same word, and without blemish, that we're presented before God, we're presented before his glory in much the same way as Christ is presented, perfect, pure, spotless, and without blemish. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you faultless before the presence, kaptenoan, and that word means basically, or in the very presence of. The same word is translated in Ephesians 1.4, where it says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, in the very presence of God with love. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory. That's doxa. It's where we get the word doxology from. And it means everything associated with the splendor, majesty, brightness, magnificence, excellence, dignity, grace of God. Everything that is there, the Shekinah glory, the holiness, the the purity that we're presented before his glory with exceeding joy. Last word here, exceeding joy. And that word translated exceeding joy is agelesis, which means exuberant, exaltation, joy, gladness, and rejoicing. It is an amazing just concert of praise and adulation at our presentation before him. So if that's what the word means, then what does this promise look like when we expand the translation and try to understand the total concept of what it's saying? Again, as we discussed, the first thing we must do is determine what scripture says and then discovers what it means. So what does Jude 24 actually say? Listen very carefully. I'm going to close with this. Now to him who is able to have strength and power by his own virtue and ability. I mean, this one's simple. The praise is to him, to God, who has the ability to whatever the rest of the verse promises because he is God. That, that's just a fact. And as God, there is nothing he cannot do. It reminds me of the kid's song. Sometimes it just echoes in my brain as I'm looking at these verses. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do, period. Now, to him who is able to keep, to watch, to guard like a warden over those in his charge, he not only has the power, but he is watching us every day every night to make sure we don't stumble or somehow prove ourselves not worthy of all that he has promised us. It's not us keeping him. It's him holding on to us. Now to him who is able to keep you, put your name there, make it personal, from stumbling, from falling, from losing our sanctification, from no longer being blameless. God is watching us ever so closely to make sure we never drift so far away from him in this life that he cannot bring us back to himself. And when he does, blameless. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling 
and present or to cause to stand. Before who? God? And when? Yes, in the next life, God is able to cause us to stand before his presence and glory in the life to come, no matter how much we've messed up things in this life. How can he do that? Because Jesus became for us. Remember, 1 Corinthians 1.30, a powerful key verse you should memorize. And because he became sanctification for us, we are sanctified because of him. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you, go ahead and make it personal, put your name in there, you faultless, without spot or blemish. I mean, how can someone who is at fault, who is guilty, who has blood on their hands, be deemed faultless? This is the wonder and unexplainable joy that comes from being in Christ and having the Holy Spirit live and abide in us. Because when God sees us, he sees his son. And because his son's righteousness has been imputed to us and our sins imputed to him, he doesn't see our sin anymore. He sees his son. Therefore, even with all my sin and failures and disappointment, all the filth that I've dragged up in my own life, that he sees us faultless. And God has the ability, even after this life, to present us faultless before the presence of his glory or in the very presence of his splendor, majesty, brightness, magnificent, excellence, dignity, grace, whatever word that you want to describe his glory, this should take our breath away. We no longer have to hide like orphans from the big man's house on the hill, but we are brought before his presence as children. And as Romans 8, 17 says, if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Remember, Jesus said he would never leave us as orphans, but he would send us the Holy Spirit himself in the Holy Spirit. Read John 14, 18, powerful passage. And he will present us to himself with exceeding joy. Now, here's the part that gets really exciting. The joy it's talking about here primarily refers to the joy of the Father and the Son over our fellowship with other believers that we will share for all eternity with them. I mean, making God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit rejoice because we're included in this great cloud of witnesses that for, will forever be a testimony of his love and grace to us. Can you think of anything more wonderful? Now, I know this is a lot for today, and basically, we're just trying to determine what this single promise says. Tomorrow, we're going to look at all of this and figure out what it means. What are the implications in my life and your life to gain encouragement to realize that God is able to keep his promise to his children regarding their ability to live a life of holiness, no matter what we have done in the past, no matter how many times we have failed, that our God is able. He is able. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. That's number one. And two, present you faultless before the presence of his glory, surrounded by all the heavenly angels with exceeding joy to God our Savior, who alone is wise, 
be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. I hope this has been a blessing to you. We will talk again tomorrow. Until then.